Hello and welcome back to IVPN Voice. This is your host, Mariam, and I'm joined by our co-host, Serene. Hi, Serene. Hi, Mariam. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm very, very excited about today's episode. We have Dr. Marina Buksov. She is a registered doctor of pharmacy, health coach, clinical herbalist, and lifelong learner of the healing arts. She is the creator of the Build Your Holistic Herbal Practice course, mentoring other healthcare professionals in clinical herbal as well as business skills. She is a functional medicine pharmacist as part of the Farm to Table Telehealth platform. Marina also offers educational web- webinars with Radical Herbs and is a wellness writer for Jejuin magazine. Marina uses her multidisciplinary background to educate patients about the least invasive and most natural methods for healing the spirit, body, and mind. Hi, Dr. Marina. How are you today? Hi, thank you so much for having me, Serena and Miriam. We're very excited to be here with you, Marina. I'm very pleased that I met you, and um, I'm looking forward to learn more about this uh, the science and being a pharmacist, working in that career. I think you are the right person to do it. Thank you so much. That's exactly the uh, message, I guess. That's the message that I want to bring to the table, that pharmacists are the perfect position to embody both the holistic side and self-care side and herbal medicine side when we talk to patients about uh, how they can best approach self-care. Amazing. Me and Miriam are great at self-care, right, Miriam? <laughs> we could use some help. <laughs> <laughs> Most health professionals can use some help, I've noticed. Yes. That's very, very true. We, we forget about self-care sometimes. So um, if somebody really wants to look for uh, any, any natural uh, source of uh, health care and uh, safe care, we will for sure present you as our guide, Marina. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And in my opinion, everybody is their own guide when it comes to what they need. And only you will know best what your body needs. And it's up to the health providers to just support that part of healing rather than you know, force some invasive procedures that the person doesn't even believe in. Yes, absolutely. Maria, do you want to start off with uh, introducing yourself, telling the audience a bit about you and your journey and how you got here? Sure. So as you said, my name is Marina. I came to America when I was nine and I decided to major in pharmacy and apply to pharmacy school because my parents were both chemists and biologists and my dad was looking up good career options. So he suggested pharmacy and um, I had a lot of interests in high school. I was even thinking journalism and uh, architect and engineer, all these things. But eventually I decided to try for pharmacy. And then if I didn't like it, I could always get out of it. That's what I thought. So, uh, but once I was in there, I was actually in a six-year program. So then I was like, okay, well, I might as well finish this because it's a six-year program. And um you know, if I don't like it, I could always do something else later. Uh, But I ended up liking it a lot. I loved the process of learning about the body and about everything that's available to us 
right now in modern medicine and learning about the medications that are out there. Um, but then when it came time to graduate, I kind of was at a loss at what my real passion within pharmacy was and where I could see myself working after graduating. Uh, I made sure to take very diverse experiential rotations, but I didn't really vibe hundred percent with any one of them. So I was kind of really at a loss. And I spoke to one of my teachers, my professors, I was really stressed at mid-year and I was applying for fellowships because that was, you know, the hot thing to do. And it was, you know, really impressive and lucrative. So uh, I was competing with a lot of my classmates and people from other schools and other states. Uh, but at the end, or maybe in the middle of the experience, I kind of realized that I'm just doing this in order for there to be an external validation, but I'm not really 100% sold on this career choice for me personally. So speaking to my professor really helped and I decided that it probably wasn't for me and I shouldn't just stress myself out applying to all these things without really having the heart and the passion for it. So I decided to accept a local um, job offered an independent pharmacy. Um, but <laughs> that fell through. So I was back in the playing field and I stumbled somehow upon a pharmacy that was specializing in natural health and had a lot of herbs and um, in particular, a lot of um, like a huge section of Russian herbal medications, which is my background and heritage. So it was like in this Russian neighborhood of Brooklyn called Brighton Beach. And I remember thinking to myself when I was still in pharmacy school that one day I want to work there. <laughs> and then I ended up working there somehow. Um, and so I wasn't really an expert back then in natural medicine, but in school, I got exposed to it a little bit. We had a club for natural medicine um, that was run by another person that I respected. And then um, I reached back out to my professor and I asked her about, you know, what her advice is regarding pursuing a more natural pharmacy field, or is that even a thing? And so she referred me to another classmate that graduated the year before me, and her name is uh, Dr. Christina Tarantola, now Fontana. So I reached out to her, and she recommended that I go to the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. So that's how I became a health coach. I took uh, the year-long program while I was working. So basically, as soon as I graduated, I was in one program or another, always part-time working and part-time in a program. Um, so I ended up completing a few different functional nutrition courses, uh, Nutritional Leadership Academy. And then I stumbled also um, with advice of somebody that I met into the herbal field because I was sharing with this person um, who was actually an alternative healer of sorts, because at the same time, I was also dealing with my own underlying health issues. So this one person I was working with, I was working on a specific issue with my health, but what came out in our sessions is that I'm actually not really happy with my life and with my career, and I'm not feeling fulfilled. And that's very important to me, um, even more important than the health 
issue. So um, she recommended that I look into an alternative pharmacy, which is an herb store. So we had a local herb shop. So I went in there and I'm actually in here now. Um, I walked in, they just um, changed ownership and I walked up to the new owner and I asked if um, he would give me an internship position. So he agreed. So ever since then, I started learning here. And then I completed a three-year formal clinical herbal education also here in New York that was local. And um, now I am here sometimes teaching classes or covering a shift here and there. And I run my own business and I have completely been able to get out of pharmacy practice, even though I still uh, value the pharmacy practice and have um, my network of pharmacies that I keep in touch with. And I especially love being in the pharmacies that advocate for natural medicine. Well, you did not really get out of it 100%. <laughs> out of pharmacy, you're still a, a pharmacist. I'm still a pharmacist. In herbals and clinical nutrition. And I applaud you really for fighting all the way and not giving up your um, your career. Because we all, I believe, me and Miriam, at some point in our life, we all were struggling to know exactly what we love to do with pharmacy. Because I, that's why I have this um, series, is looking beyond the traditional pharmacy, trying to discover different areas of pharmacy that n- not many people know about. And so I am glad that I I met you and um, to learn more about your career path and your struggles. I think many people share the same struggles that you've been through. Right, Miriam? Very, very true. I think it's something that people continue to struggle with. A lot of people just choose to live with it. Some people like you decide to really fight for what what they believe in and um, believe in themselves and fight find something for themselves while keeping this pharmacist identity going on right it's truly amazing whenever we see people like you just diverging into different unique paths of pharmacy you're saying that you don't really practice pharmacy anymore right but you are still keeping your license active. You are in a telehealth platform. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm keeping my license active. I'm licensed in New York and I am part of a team of other functional medicine trained pharmacists that operate with a telehealth platform. Uh, So I am able to service people in my state with under my pharmacist license there. That's great. That's great. So while you're still following your passion, you are still, you know, making use of the experience (laughs) that you went to school for, right? Yeah, I think that that was really a painful realization when I was trying to research other uh, career paths that I was like really hesitant to give up those education and those, you know, all that studying and I do think it's useful. I think the license and the degree are extremely useful and, you know, have allowed me to take certain shortcuts or understand things 
I think so. I think having a pharmacy background really helps you with many healthcare career choices you want to go into or delve into, like especially when it comes to herbal science. Um, if we know about the pharmacist history and what a pharmacist used to be in, I don't know, 1800s or before the 1700s, basically you make medicine from herbs. Like mountain. I don't believe that being an herbalist or a um, non-traditional medicine uh, or an alternative medicine is, is disconnected from being a pharmacist. I believe that is why you are successful at what you do is because you have a pharmacy background and um, you understand all uh, what medications uh, can do to your body and how we can use an alternative medicine to better use our nutrition and what's available. Can you tell us uh, in your definition, what is, if you can define for us, uh, what is a alternative medicine? Uh, what is an herbalist pharmacist do? Sure. So I just want to backtrack and say, absolutely, it is two sides of the same coin. There's many ways of practicing medicine, but since the beginning of time, people have been finding and looking to the natural world and what's available to us in our environment and in the plant world and in the mushroom world and all these other worlds. Um, and we have been able to apply it in a medical way to help us thrive more. And also with the other kingdoms, you know, we have bacteria living in our gut and we have all the microbiome and we have the mitochondria and we have viral DNAs. So everything in the natural world is forming us in some way or helping us or serving us in some way. And we're all in balance to one another and other life forms as well. And I think that was a big realization for me when I started learning herbalism, that it's not just, you know, man-centered, it's people being part of this ecosystem. And that part is not really conveyed in conventional medicine and what it evolved into. But every single culture has these roots in herbal medicine and using plants medicinally and spiritually. Uh, and also even up to the 1900s, probably even up to the 1950s, it has been practiced, but in some countries it's still preserved. And in America, it's largely kind of on the outskirts nowadays. Uh, but yes, absolutely. In my culture, that's why I really liked working at the Russian um, pharmacy is it connected me to my own roots and showed me that there is a way to integrate these two practices and it's not separate from each other. Actually, pharmacy is just a huge extension where we extract certain ingredients from the plants and then sometimes we synthesize it or use other ways to mimic a certain component of a plant. So it's more of an extension that I see. There's so many different modalities of medicine, right? There's just energy work and breath work and um, movement practices and all these different things, acupuncture. Um, but herbal medicine and pharmacy are kind of like a subset where we're using entities that are uh, causing a biochemical reaction in our bodies when we physically ingest it or use another route of application, right? So that's what I would define herbalism and pharmacy as. Um, and then an herbal pharmacist is somebody who just walks these two worlds and wears these two hats where we know pharmacognosy really well, where we know where the medicine is coming from, 
uh, where the inspiration is in the natural world and how to um, how to not I don't want to say use, but how to be in balance with nature and how to put our body back in balance using um, the knowledge of the natural world, but also being respectful of the natural world. So it's not just, uh, you know, take, take, take. It's actually just be in presence, be in mindfulness and only take what you need and give back something to and be in relationship. Um, Marina, how how did you... Like, I'm always curious about knowing um, uh, who's behind you, who gave you the courage to really follow your dream and do what you want to do or what you're passionate about. Because we're all like, we really want to do something, but we're always like very scared of trying or going against um, against the usual. Yeah. Um, so what, what do you have like uh, someone or an inspiration uh, yeah, that is a really good question. I think we all need somebody in our corner that is supporting us. Or uh, like I like to say, you want to first create an environment that's favorable for you to thrive in. So if you create a positive environment for yourself, then it's possible for you to go and have success and thrive. So for me, it came from asking my professor for advice, having a mentor and a guide. And from her introducing me to Christina, I've actually been in touch with her ever since and been following her footsteps. And she's been a huge inspiration with what she's been able to do with her business and her life and how she's serving the pharmacy community as well by being an example. So I think when you're looking and you see, okay, it's possible because this person's doing it and this person's doing it. And there's all these other avenues that we weren't taught before, but they're now available because we see people doing it. We have social media, uh, we meet each other, we network and we inspire each other to keep going because it does take hard work. It's not an easy road, uh, but to me, there was mostly an internal compass that was telling me that this is not all there is. You know, this can't be all there is. There has to be something else. Uh, and again, through my own health challenges, it kind of forced me to look out the box of the box and see what else is out there. And to answer your previous question about what is alternative, so it's anything that's not in the conventional narrative of Western allopathic medicine, that's not quote unquote evidence-based is considered alternative. So if there's no studies, if it's not on any of the recommended boards of whatever it needs to be taken um, by any of the medical advisories or in any of the pharmacological protocols, literally there's so many approaches to health, but I think we all agree on the foundation and creating this environment there's just a little bit of a debate of where is the evidence. Uh, but I think if we look at the history and historical use of plants, we will find plenty of evidence. Marina, I don't think many people know, like you mentioned evidence-based medicine, right? I bet in um, herbal medicine, we do have certain guidelines that we follow. You've been through many certifications and schooling. So I do want to share with our audience and our followers um, that uh, it, there is a guideline. It's not what basically uh, FDA approved 
guidelines that we that we know, but there are uh, a lot of societies that supports um, non-traditional medicine and uh, alternative medicine and herbals. Can you educate us and educate our followers about it more? Sure. So actually in America, it's interesting. Herbalism is not recognized at all as a profession especially not as a medical profession. So it's not one of the allied health professionals and you don't have to get a license or a registration to practice herbal medicine. So that kind of creates an environment of like the wild west because you can say you're an herbalist, but you don't really know based on the accolades that you receive. So even the program that I went to, it is a certified by the school, but it doesn't have any kind of like national recognition. So there's no national standards. However, like you said, we have self-regulating societies and organizations. So the one I follow is called the American Herbalist Guild. And you can actually become a member. And if you want to, you can also become a registered herbalist through them. And that counts as kind of like a self recognized other professionals in the field, recognizing you as a professional and you can become an RH. So um, that there's a whole process of how you can go and enroll and register. And then you can get listed as one of the practitioners on their page. And they have a lot of resources and education on herbal medicine and keep us up to date on any new information and studies They hold annual conventions where you can go and see all the new things that are happening in the herbal world and in the communities. Um, And they are very, very much into scientific evidence-based medicine as well. So they're always keeping up to date and any new studies and including that into the herbal monographs. So it's kind of like a materia medica is what is a drug monograph in pharmacy is a materia medica in herbalism. So everything is always changing as we find out more information and more research is coming out. What advice do you have for people who are still struggling or looking to find their passion? I think to just, number one, really look inside yourself for answers and really trust whatever your gut feeling is telling you. Um, That's number one. So so that's number two is to just start experimenting with it. So whatever answers that do pop up um, over and over, but you're too afraid to take action on that, you know, um, don't put so much pressure on it to succeed, but actually just have fun with it and go for it. So whatever it is that you feel like you want to, and it could potentially bring you joy, um, that is a sign that it could lead you closer to your passion. The actual experience, it may not really be a scary experience after you actually do it. Just like going on a roller coaster, once you're you're scared of looking at it, and once you're in it and done with it, uh, you're very happy and excited and you want to do it again. So I think life is like that. Yeah, the fear is worse than the thing you're afraid of. Very, very true. That's true. All right. So thank you so much, Marina. I cannot thank you enough for being on today's episode. Um, We have learned so, so much. And I cannot wait for the audience to listen to this episode, learn more about you and what you do. Hopefully you spark something in someone, which is always the goal of our interviews. And we look forward to working with you in the future. Thank you so much. 
I hope you have enjoyed this talk and I hope this has pushed you to try something new that you've always been wanting to. Until next time, take care and stay safe. Thank you.